Hello, listener. You've pressed play on the latest edition of Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the beautiful game here in the Great Lakes State. I'm your host, Robert Kerr, here as always to bring you the latest updates of Michigan soccer and bring you interviews and insights of uh, uh, people and places and events of soccer here in Michigan. This week, we're going to jump right into it. The Director of Youth Development for Detroit City FC, Mr. Tyler McManus. All right, listener, probably lost or maybe lost in all the excitement of Detroit City FC's rapid growth uh, over the last few years with um, the move to the USL Championship, the addition of a women's side. Uh, We may have uh, lost track of Detroit City FC's move into the youth soccer landscape in recent years. And to kind of fill us in on it and learn more, uh, I've invited on Tyler McManus, Director of Youth Development at Detroit City FC. Uh, Welcome, Tyler. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's good to be here. Yeah, so I guess... um, that's that's quite a title uh, for one of America's uh, most exciting teams. Um, I guess, uh, what uh, are the ultimate goals of your position? Uh, that could probably mean quite a number of things, but uh, what is the ultimate goals of the Director of Youth Development at DCFC? So I, I have my hands in, I would say, four different uh, main areas of all the youth operations that that I oversee at DCFC. Um the ultimate goal is is really to get people out to Keyworth and to experience the the magic that Detroit City FC offers and to create those uh, those lifelong memories and those experiences. And it's you know when we talk about youth soccer, it's not uh, it's kind of an advantage for us to have the uh, the men's team and the women's team to be able to you know have that as our goal is to create fans not just of the club, but um, of the sports and, and the brand as well. So you're saying you're more of an uh, uh, like a community and fan developing rather than like a coaching role? It's kind of all comes together. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of go over the, the different things that I'm involved with. Um, I would say the four pillars. So one main pillar is our youth programs that um, since I've gotten here, we've uh, made it our goal to expand those in every age for every ability uh, for boys and girls. Um, so we're, we're focused on those youth programs that we offer uh, from our TOTS, our two through five early childhood. We have foundations, which is five through eight-year-old kind of a school age and a pre-recreational program. We have a brand new program called Futures, which is going to be a recreationally based program for eight through 14-year-olds. All these are boys and girls. Um, we are focused on the expansion of our city select, uh, which kind of bridges into the next pillar. Our city select uh, youth club is one of four affiliates, youth affiliates that we have um, under the J- Detroit City FC brand. Um, so city select is mainly in-house. So I oversee um, all of that, the coaches and the parents, players and all that. Um, but then we have uh, four other independently operating uh, DCFC youth clubs. We have Downriver in the Taylor area. 
We have DCFC West out in Canton. Uh, we have DCFC South Oakland in the Royal Oak, Berkeley, Birmingham area. Uh, and then we have DCFC Genesee up in the Flint area. So we have four different youth clubs, which we, uh, we allow them to operate uh, how they want. And part of my job is to be a liaison between the pro club and uh, the youth affiliates. Um, the, the other things that I'm involved with is kind of a, a two-pronged thing is uh, the academy. And so on one end, we have what we're calling right now our academy training program. And that is 100% DCFC youth affiliate players. We had, uh, you know, tryouts for uh, for all these different ages, and we have what we're calling player pools, where all these player pools will come in. Um, we'll, we'll get together uh, four times in the fall, four times in the winter, four times in the spring, and uh, it, it's a bit different, you know, if you're a high school boys. So the high school boys just started in the winter, and they'll continue on in the spring. And the high school girls, they actually just finished up. They were in the fall, and then they just had their last um, event in of the winter. So, um, yeah, the academy training program is 100% DCFC youth players, the top players that we were able to uh, bring in, bring together. Um, all, all five of our affiliates are represented uh, within the program. And also under the uh, academy umbrella is now all of our USL academy operations, which is brand new. And we're starting from square one and uh, yeah, looking towards the future to, to see what that's going to be like. But mainly we're, we're just focused on uh, this year with the, uh, we're going to have a U19 men's team in the USL Academy Cup coming up at uh, the end of March, beginning of April. Wow, so uh, that is a, a large amount of uh, programs, and it sounds like ever-expanding with the addition of uh, the USL project. Um, so from uh, like almost toddler age and then uh, through the new Futures program to 14, and then um, the, the academy, the, the, the select was what age groups? The, the one that kind of meets monthly to, to have all the top prospects? What was that again? Yeah, the academy training program, we have uh, player pools on both the boys and the girls' side. So we have U12, U14, U16, and U19. So there's a, a bit of a jump between each player pool. However, like the U12 player pool will also include 11 and 12-year-olds, and the U14 is 13 and 14-year-olds. Wow. So, um, so the, 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 those upper age groups, um, so would they might be, uh, so they're playing for Detroit, I guess, how do they, uh, how do they get selected? Do they get selected by those, uh, four, one of those four regional, uh, affiliates, and then they'll be like, pick out these players and then select those and push those on to the, the academy prep? Yeah, so they they have to be involved with uh, a DCFC youth affiliate, one of those five affiliates, and then um, you know after they try out and they form teams, which typically happens uh, with the youth, youth landscape in June, um, then we'll look to fall to do a a separate tryout. Um, and you're not necessarily these players aren't necessarily trying out for another team. It's just a supplemental training opportunity. Um, so we had. Um, I think it was, it, we had hundreds of players that wanted to 
come and and try out and so we were able to um not just like look at them playing on the field but be able to talk with their current coaches if they were a past player with the affiliates we're able to have constant communication with affiliate leaders um on up-and-coming players that should be included in the program and so yeah if they they the the steps are they try out for a dcfc youth affiliate they join that youth affiliate and then there's an opportunity out there um for all players but we're you know trying to get those top players in each affiliate um together in these player pools and it's really all about the the players themselves of getting them all together um creating a a high level training environment and getting some top coaches uh to run those sessions um that this past year has included not just top affiliate coaches running those sessions, but have also included uh, members of our technical staff, both on the men's and the women's side. Uh, with this uh, program that we're discussing in mind and what, what's what's going on with the first team and building the roster, and obviously it's kind of a, 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 a big question, but uh, is this program kind of with an eye of maybe uh, bringing through the youth and connecting it to the first team? Yeah, it's uh, with the the move to USL, the, this program itself will will still remain, and we really look at it as the bedrock of what the USL academy operations are. So, even though um, you know throwing around the word academy in two different contexts, so the academy training program comprised of all these DCFC top youth affiliate players. Um, really does, you know, serve as the bedrock for forming USL Academy teams. And obviously this year we're just focused on the one U19 men's team. But going down the road, you know, as we evolve as a club and start to form these teams, it will, we see it as a benefit to DCFC youth players to be joining this program, to be, um, you know, be on the pathway to be joining the USL Academy operations, if that makes sense. Yes, that that's that, that makes it a little bit clearer. Um, with the U nineteen uh, USL Academy side, uh, when does that uh, kick into gear, and what kind of like uh, calendar do they run on? Yeah, it's uh, obviously the USL announcement came in early November for us all. Um, we had known uh, prior to the public announcement, and kind of what we were looking at from a, uh, a USL Academy program standpoint. Um, so for this 2022 year, we're just focused on the USL Academy Cup tournament uh, that's going to be happening in Tampa, Florida, uh, March 31st through April 3rd. And we, we wanted to be able to um, attract the, the, the top players, especially in the uh, the boys side. So we're looking at the U16 and the U19 boys. If you kind of look at the timeline, they uh, they finished their high school seasons late in the fall. Some of them, you know, went on to, to playoffs and state competitions and things like that. Um, and then a few weeks later, we, you know, within that time frame, we announced USL. So we kind of knew within this timeline as high school was ending um, and we were doing tryouts for our U16 and U19 Academy training program player pools uh, that we would be looking at forming uh, a team for the USL Academy Cup. And so we were able to 
to take a very big step early to bring in a lot of top DCFC youth affiliate players to form the bedrock of the team. And uh, this week, uh, tomorrow, we're actually having a player ID event that's open to players outside of the DCFC youth affiliation because our uh, our objective is going to be to put together the uh, the most competitive team possible to go down to Tampa and uh, and compete. And uh, when we're recording this, uh, tomorrow is actually uh, Friday, what, the, the 18th of February. Um, so that that's exciting. And so that, that first entry into that USL Academy Cup, that's you said that's at the end of March? Yep, going into early April. Interesting, interesting. So I'm gathering you have a lot of different uh, aspects uh, to, to, to work on. Uh, so w- w- what is your day-to-day? Sounds like it, it has a wide variety. <laughs> it is. Um, a big focus for today because we have the this player ID event coming up for um, players that were uh, – we put a questionnaire out there uh, for players – uh, that were interested both within the youth affiliation and both outside, um, because we want to know, you know, mainly who can commit to this in the month of March with a handful of training sessions and friendlies, and then be able to go down to Tampa uh, and be part of this team. Um, so today, and and really the days leading up to today, was taking the you know the entries that we received and sorting through them and figuring out, you know, making sure that. Uh, we had list of players that were eligible, um, some things that make them ineligible if they are too young or too old or um, if they currently play in college, um, a collegiate player would not be eligible. Uh, so we've been sorting through all the entries, um, sending out invites and uh, just kind of been going back and forth with communication for prospective players um, and also um, the and the following week, we'll be um, we'll be uh, starting to make those selections, and they will be mainly rooted in our DCFC affiliates, and we'll also be welcoming in some outside players as well. Interesting, interesting times, and uh, uh, you are uh, you have roles with the club outside of the your youth as well, don't you? Are, are you aren't you also an assistant coach? Yes, I, uh, I'm an assistant coach with Lawrence Tech University, and uh, I started that back in, in August. Um, my title is assistant coach, um, but I, I'm basically in charge of the reserve program, um, w- which was uh, relatively new to me. Um, so there's you know, obviously a first team at this university, and then there's a reserve program, and it's also a team that competes with other reserve programs uh, within the conference. Um, and so, yeah, I get to mainly be uh, a head coach of the reserve program. Um, and I also get to assist with the first team when I'm available. <laughs> it sounds like you have to be uh, very good at uh, managing a schedule. Yeah, I, I got it down to, uh, <laughs> to a science. Um, I have to be, I have to have everything out in front of me, calendar, multiple calendars, um, because it, especially in the fall when I'm coaching collegiately, you know, I'm, what, what I learned this past year is, you know, our men's team is still in season. Our youth operations are, uh, at their peak, both in the fall and the spring. So I, yeah, I had a, uh, a busy fall kind of bouncing back and forth between, uh, 
both Detroit City FC and, and Lawrence Tech. Um, more into your background, you moved uh, this time last year from uh, Kansas City, am I right? Yep, I, I came here from Kansas City. I spent um, barely, it was just about six years, I think it was five years, 11 months, <laughs> about six years with uh, sporting Kansas City in Major League Soccer. Um, and I mainly worked in the front office in our youth soccer department. Um, and it was um, it, it was a really great experience. The, the youth soccer department is very robust and deals with things like anything from camps and youth affiliates to um, local networks of youth clubs um, and even into uh, facilities and, and things of that nature. So um, it was a very, again, a robust youth soccer department. Um, and part of the attraction of coming to Detroit City is that I would get to bring all those different experiences within that department to Detroit City and and be able to kind of have uh, a, a greater impact and an influence over um, all these different aspects. And I also saw I did a little link, LinkedIn digging. I saw that you actually spent a number of years uh, with the very young children um, with li- the little kicker, kickers program in Chicago. Uh, what did what did you draw from that time with the very small children? Yeah, it's um, to be honest, that's really where I I got my my start. Um, I lived in Chicago and I was looking for a job. I, I went to school to be a teacher. Um, and it, the classroom wasn't really something that, uh, that I wanted to be a part of. And so I started looking for other things and, um, I started coaching with this program called little kickers and, uh, within, uh, which is a, a national franchise of, of a program. Um, and so within a year I was, uh, managing different locations and dealing with more of the business side of things. Um, and I was able to really use that experience to, uh, bridge the gap into major league soccer. And I would say for, uh, I know it was well over a year. I have been watching job postings at different major league soccer teams, um, and, Sporting Kansas City took a jump on me to hire me as, at that time, it was the uh, manager of the camps. And their camps had started around five years old. I think it was five through 14. Um, but I really wanted to bring my experience with a demographic that they weren't hitting uh, with these two through five-year-olds. Um, so I was able to use my experience in Chicago and um, – was lucky enough that Sporting Kansas City took a chance on me to bring me in to manage their camps, but also introduce some new things. And they, they have a program now that's called Sporting Stripes, which was built from the ground up with me and a number of other people in the youth soccer department. Um, but it was something that uh, I took with me from Chicago to Kansas City, and I've taken it here to Detroit, um, right with the, the TOTS program. So I think as soon as my feet hit the ground in Detroit, we were talking about um, picking up the, the TOTS program because, you know, the pandemic was still pretty fresh. I think there were, you know, early talks about vaccines, but we, we wanted to find ways to revive the TOTS program as safely as we could. Um, and so I started in the spring coaching those classes with one assistant. We had about 20 kids each hour. It seemed like parents were, they were ready to, to get their kids out and about and, 
running arounds and socializing and all those things. Um, and so as soon as I started at Detroit City FC, the, the TOTS program was was actually a, a very high priority. And it's um, we're, we've been fortunate to hire some really good coaches to to train, to bring in, and they've helped the, the program expand each uh, session that we've done it. What's a one quality of a coach? Because I've heard coaches say, because uh, I've you know coached my very young children and have done a little bit of uh, uh, this sort of coaching myself with the youngins. What would you say for a coach that might be hesitant? What what's a quality that uh, you need to use or uh, or some sort of technique to help uh, that that unique to the uh, the two through five year olds? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, we tell coaches that we're bringing in. We have a unique onboarding process where. Um, I, I will always interview a coach over the phone just to get to know them, get to know their background. Um, and then we, we bring them in to observe the programs as part of their uh, hiring process. Uh, so they will come in on a Saturday. They'll watch our coaches uh, run these classes. Well, you know, it, it helps these coaches answer a lot of questions that they might have about the program. Um, and when they begin to make the jump to joining our staff, um, we we tell them that our priorities are a few things. One is to make sure that the environment as is as safe as possible. We want to make sure that the kids feel safe, that they feel comfortable so that they can uh, feel confident in, in taking risks and following directions from an adult that who isn't their parents. Um, and so whatever we can do to, to allow not just the kids, but the families to feel safe, in our environment, it's a huge step. And it, there comes a lot of tricks of the trade with, you know, offering fist bumps and, you know, complimenting kids on their, their shoes and the shirt that they're wearing, finding a commonality and common ground so that you can establish trust with these kids. Because a lot of the curriculum and the approach for this age group um, is rooted in uh, educational psychology and social development. Um, so, the number one priority for these two through fives is let's create a safe environment and the soccer will, you know, will organically come because you're in a soccer facility. So got the soccer equipment, um, all that sort of stuff. So safety is a huge thing. Um, and then the next thing is we want the coaches to be having the most fun. They should be having the most fun in their class, in their group. Um, because if they're not having the most fun, the kids are not going to be able to get up to the level that, that they need to. Um, we want the, we want these coaches to have the most fun because at the end of the class and at the end of the session, we want parents and kids to, to feel like that they want to come back, that, that they were in a safe environment, that it was engaging, that their kid got to move around, got to meet new friends, parents got to meet new friends and, um, we want them to be able to come back. So yeah, the safety and, and retention is, is a big, um, piece to these programs. Awesome. That sounds like a, a great work there. Um, kind of stepping back, uh, kind of uh, the full scope of your uh, role as director of youth development at Detroit City FC. Um, with all these, you said you had four pillars, all the different programs. You already uh, described uh, the USL Academy Tournament as well as the um, the, the Academy Training Um what would you say is uh, there's a lot going on? Obviously, huge growth and development going on at the club. What would you say is uh, your number one goal for uh, 2022? Wow, um, 
a number one goal, I think I would have to go back to um, whatever we can do to, to get fans to the games. Because for me, I, it was, you know, being in Major League Soccer for six years and really just kind of reaching a point in my career where I was was looking at, at different things and um i happened to see the uh the, the job post for detroit city fc and i had i had known kind of their their story and the lore of 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 their growth and um it you can't talk about detroit city fc without talking about the fans and the support because they you know they both need each other and you know the fan base and the support and how the the support was able to uh, support the club by you know when they opened up uh, for the you know people to invest as owners that um, people were not gonna let this thing die because it was so important to them and so the number one goal for this year and you know going forward is how can we expand our footprint and how can we create new fans and how can we get more heads in Detroit to turn from the other main sports over to uh, Detroit City FC and to professional soccer because, you know, the club had a huge year and especially going up to USL Championship, um, you know, legitimizing the professionalism of of our club uh, with another step is, is a huge deal. So we want people to come out to Keyword. We want them to to witness the, the Northern Guard um, and it, you know, when I started, it was, you know, being in NISA, it was really something else to be in third division soccer and see how important this thing was to everyone. And, and so that's it. We, we just want to give that feeling to more people and give more memories and, and to have them, you know, walking away from Keyworth and saying, that was awesome. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And, yeah, everything that we do is is intentional to that, from youth programs to youth affiliates to our academy operations. Everything goes back to how can we get more people involved. And um, I, I would be remiss to, to say that, like, we we also are going to continue our focus on the community. And I think that was a huge a huge point for everyone when we transitioned to USL a few months ago. Um, we we want to make sure that we're still the community-minded and community-driven club. You know, all these youth programs that I've talked about, the, the TOTS, the foundations, the futures, those all are as affordable as we can make them. Um, we do bring in coaches uh, that are paid, and we do uh, have to rent facilities, and we do have to buy equipment, and we really just price them at a point where we – we're guessing that we can just cover the costs to make sure that we can provide the experience. Um, so yeah, uh, we, we, we want to get more people to Keyworth and, and more people bought into Detroit city FC, um, as we can. Excellent. Excellent. So lots to, uh, achieve still, but, uh, so much under your belt in, in, uh, just a year. Um, while you're doing uh, a lot of work in the youth development, uh, you still get to share in the spoils. I, I see you uh, in the uh, the championship uh, photographs as well. Uh, can you just uh, before we go, can uh, you share what maybe your your favorite memory of that uh, highly decorated uh, year you've been so far? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so when I joined the club, I was very involved with uh, the first team on a daily basis. Um, not so much in the the coaching of it, but in, in the day-to-day training operations. I didn't travel to any away games, but when they were here in market, um, especially in the spring, the, the spring season into the early summer, um, I, I was quite involved and it was intentional on, on the club to um, be able for me to build relationships with, um, you know, not just the, the coaches who I continually uh, get to work with on a daily basis, but the, the players that come in and out. And um, it, it was really intentional because in, in the spring, I spent a lot of time there and in the fall, I kind of took a step back to focus more on um, the the youth I guess you could call it the youth business part of it, um, where we had to we had to do a lot of clinics with uh, with Chevy, and they were awesome events, and they were uh, they involved our players at every event, um, and so you know I was the guy who was working with the players and 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 giving them activities to coach and and helping them be able to connect with kids, and so you know having those relationships with the players early on was was really important to be able to do what we did in the fall. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the spring, uh, obviously, uh, the, the spring, uh, NISA championship was awesome. The, the league championship in the summer, right around 4th of July was, was absolutely awesome. Um, I think, you know, my, uh, my best memories were, you know, when, my my girlfriend was was in the stands or my parents were able to come up to a game and like share that experience with them um i think that was probably more memorable than anything else yeah that was uh that was quite a uh, quite a day uh the, the the that spring championship game uh, I think half of uh, <laughs> half of everyone who cared, who liked soccer was at that game. It was definitely a homecoming because at that moment it definitely seemed like uh, for a moment we were in the clear with COVID and uh, there was a championship game. It was quite a moment. Oh yeah, it was just seeing the stands uh, as packed as they were um, after you know all of us having gone through a year and a half of pandemic and there seemed to be a point in the summer where the clouds parted and the sun came out and everyone was out there in the stands and it was, yeah, it was surreal. It was really something to be a part of. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time and I think it goes, sometimes it goes without saying, but Detroit city FC is one of the, the greatest stories in North American lower league soccer. And it, it just keeps on adding new chapters to the story. And so, yeah, I, I feel really privileged to be, you know, just a small part of it and, and look forward to bringing more people uh, into the fold. Well, cheers to uh, more uh, success in the future. And uh, thank you for so much of your time. Tyler McManus, Director of Youth Development at Detroit City FC and so much more. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your insights with us. Yes, thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Listener, thank you. We 
have reached the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guest this week, Tyler McManus. And thank you to all the guests we've had on the show. We've had so many great ones. Be sure to check out the uh, Spotify playlist of Michigan Soccer Central and listen to some of the great episodes in the past. Thank you, listener, once again, and thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the episode once again, and thank you to the MSC core team for helping me put these episodes together. So until next week, everybody out there, enjoy your soccer.